Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it all with you. If you like the show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. There are many amazing actresses of Hollywood's golden age, and I could probably have a whole long series just about them. Beautiful, glamorous, idolized women of the silver screen, many who went through quite a bit behind the scenes. Today I'm focusing on just one of those women, known by her stage name, Anna Mae Wong. Her grandfather immigrated to California in the 1850s from Taishan, China, and opened a store near where the gold had been found. Her father, Sam Singh, was born in the U.S. and later married Gan Toi Lee, who was also a Chinese-American born in California. The second of their eight children, born on January 3, 1905, was Wang Liu Song, which means Frosted Yellow Willows. She was also given the English name Anna Mae. Her parents owned a laundromat in Los Angeles, and the family lived in a diverse neighborhood, and the kids went to California Street Public Elementary School. But Wang and her sister were bullied for being Chinese. Her parents later moved them to Chinese Mission School in Chinatown, which welcomed them. After school, she attended Chinese language classes and worked in her parents' laundromat. Then, after film productions moved from New York to California in the 1910s, she started visiting the film sets. She also often skipped school and would use her lunch money to go to the movies. When she was nine, she decided she wanted to be a movie star, and at 11 came up with her stage name, Anna Mae Wong. She did this by combining her English and Chinese name. A casting call went out for Chinese women in the new film called The Red Lantern in 1919 when she was just 14. Without telling her father, she asked his friend if he would introduce her to the assistant director of the movie, which led to her being cast as an extra, and she carried a lantern in one of the scenes. She continued working as a movie extra for several years while also attending school, but then in 1921, she dropped out of high school to pursue a career as an actress. That year, she managed to get a role as Toy Ling's wife in the film Bits of Life. The following year, she got her first lead role in The Toll of the Sea when she was just 17. This was a silent version of the movie called Madame Butterfly and was one of the first movies made in Technicolor. Two years later, she was again in a silent film called The Thief of Baghdad. Having been one of the first to embrace the flapper fashion, she became a fashion icon and was known internationally by 1924. Ten years later, in 1934, the Mayfair Mannequin Society of New York voted her the world's best-dressed woman. Even though she continued to audition for lead roles after these first few movies, she was always cast in a supporting role or as a stereotype of an Asian character. Because of the anti-miscegenation laws, laws against interracial couples and marriages, she couldn't be cast as the lead lady of a romantic movie if the lead man was white, even if he was playing an Asian character. The only lead Asian man in U.S. films at the time was Sesue Hawakawa, an actor of Japanese descent. She tried creating her own production company, starting Anime Wong Productions in March of 1924, to make films about her own culture. But then she found out that her business partner was using dishonest business practices, and she brought a lawsuit against him, and the business was dissolved. After a while, the discriminatory Passovers for lead roles got to her. 
She left Hollywood and went to Europe, starring in both plays and films and becoming a European sensation. While there, she starred in her first talking film in 1930 called The Flame of Love, which she recorded in English, French, and German. While in Vienna, she took the lead in an operetta, speaking fluent German for it, and her performance was highly acclaimed. Her last silent film was Piccadilly, which was the first of her five British films. During the 30s, American studios were looking for European talent. In a sort of ironic twist, this is what brought her to the attention of Paramount Studios, who promised her lead roles and top billing if she would return to the U.S. She first starred in a Broadway play called On the Spot, a drama that ran for 167 performances and later would be in the movie Dangerous to Know, which was based on the play. When the director asked her to use Japanese mannerisms for her Chinese character, she refused, using her knowledge of Chinese style and gestures instead. Tragically, she lost her mother around this time, when she was hit by a car in front of their family home in November of 1930. The rest of her family would return to China in 1934. Wang had paid for her younger siblings' education before they left, and they put it to good use in China. Before leaving, her father wrote a brief article expressing his pride for his famous daughter. Although she was asked to come back to be in American films, she was still only ever given the stereotypical Asian roles of before. She accepted one of these roles in Daughter of the Dragon only because she was promised an appearance in a Josef von Sternberg film. For that, she was in the 1932 Shanghai Express with her friend Marlene Dietrich. In 1936, she left for a year-long tour of China to visit her family and hope to learn more about Chinese theater. But it didn't go as planned. She struggled to communicate with most of the people there since she had been raised to speak Chinese in a Taishan dialect rather than the more commonly known Mandarin one, and she ended up needing an interpreter. The toll of her celebrity status was also having an effect on her, and she had sudden bouts of depression or anger and also smoked and drank heavily. When she came back to Hollywood, she remarked, I am convinced that I could never play in the Chinese theater. I have no feeling for it. It's a pretty sad situation to be rejected by the Chinese because I'm too American and by American producers because they prefer other races to act Chinese parts. For the rest of the 30s, she had to complete her contract with Paramount and made several B-movies that were dismissed by critics, but Wong used that to her advantage ditching the stereotypes and portraying successful, professional Chinese-American characters. These movies were publicized in the Chinese-American press for their positive images. In Daughter of Shanghai, she played an Asian-American lead, which was rewritten for her to make the character the heroine of the story, that actively sets the plot in motion. She told Hollywood Magazine, I like my part in this picture better than I've had in any before, because this picture gives Chinese a break. We have sympathetic parts for a change. To me, that means a great deal. In 2006, the Library of Congress chose this movie for preservation in the National Film Registry, which described it as more truly Wong's personal vehicle than any of her other films. Between 1939 and 1942, she made appearances and went to events in support of the Chinese against the Japanese in the Second Sino-Japanese War. In the 40s, she starred in anti-Japanese propaganda. Then in 1951, she again had a role specifically made for her, this time for a series, making her the first Asian-American to lead on a TV show. The show was called The Gallery of Madame Liu Song, using her Chinese birth name in the show, and her character was a Chinese art dealer involved in detective work and international intrigue. 
She received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at its inauguration in 1960 and is depicted as one of the four larger-than-life pillars in the Gateway to Hollywood, a sculpture at the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and La Brea Avenue. Anna Mae Wong passed away at the age of 56 on February 3, 1961, of a heart attack in her home. Through her work, she helped to humanize the Chinese Americans to mainstream America. She was tenacious in achieving her dream, even through the deep discrimination, and has inspired others. In 2021, the United States Mint announced that Wong would be one of the first women depicted on the back of the quarter as part of the American Women Quarters series to start in 2022. This will make her the first Asian American to appear on U.S. currency. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session. 